Hey y'all, it's Cheyenne. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Sick with Sweet Podcast. If this is your first time listening, well then welcome. I'm your host Cheyenne, as I said. If this is your second, third, fourth, or if you've been with me from the beginning, thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Well, I think summer has officially got here. It's finally in the 70s where I am, and it is beautiful. Like many of you guys, though, I'm still stuck on quarantine, but at least the weather is getting better, and it's nice to feel the sun coming in on me from the window. So how are you guys doing with all this, and how's everything where you guys are? Is there still quarantines? Is there still lockdowns? Are they still starting re- Are they starting to lift restrictions? <laughs> but... Let's get into the case today. Some of you may or may not have heard of this case. It's the case of Ashley Martinson, better known as Vamp Chick. Ashley Ann Rose Martinson was born March 6, 1988, and she was the daughter of Jennifer Ayers. Well, her mother was not originally Ayers. She had got married to a man with the last name. Ashley maintained a horror blog that was titled Nightmare and used the screen name of Vamp Chick. She often wrote about murder and torture and remained estranged from her biological father. She lived with her mother, her stepfather, her two stepsisters, and half-sister, and had moved with her family to Rhinelander, Wisconsin, when she was 16. Her mother had married a man named Thomas Tony Ayers, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, but Ashley said that he was verbally abusive and beat his wife and biological daughters, and that he also had physically abused and raped her for a period of two years. She also said that one of her mother's other boyfriends had raped her for a period of time, that her mother knew what was going on, and she would allow him to give her baths. Now, I don't know about you, but if that was my child, I wouldn't exactly feel comfortable with somebody touching on my child that I'm not too sure about. Many people said that Ashley suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder and depression, and it was also come out later throughout things that Thomas Ayers had a previous conviction of kidnapping, sexual assault, domestic abuse, and various other charges. And although he was forbidden from owning firearms, he owned a variety which he kept loaded and had easy access to in the home. The night before the murder, Ashley had got into an argument with her mother and her stepfather when they discovered that she was in a relationship with a 22-year-old man named Ryan Sisko. Ashley had later said that she was going to move out and move in with a friend and that she felt like she was trapped and that she was not safe at home, so she said that she was going to leave, that school and work were her only escapes and the only time that she ever truly felt safe, and that when her family had taken her car keys and had denied her being able to leave, that she felt like she was in a cage and that she had nothing to do. They had sent messages to this 22-year-old man and threatened to seek legal consequences against him, saying that they could press charges because Ashley was underage. Her car and phone privileges were revoked after the argument. The night that the fight had happened, she had wrote on her Facebook page, He's going to kill her if she doesn't leave soon. I want him. I want to kill him so fucking bad. Take one of those guns and blow his fucking brains out. Police later acknowledged that the murder may not have been premeditated as that morning she had witnessed Ayers 
which was Thomas being her mother. On March 7, 2015, sorry, at their residence in Piel, Wisconsin, which is a town near the city of Rhinelander, Ashley shot and killed her stepfather with a shotgun. She had said that what had happened was that she had got the gun and originally had intended to kill herself with it. She had even claimed that she had had the barrel of the gun in her mouth and that when he came in and saw her with one of his prized possessions, he had started attacking her and the gun had went off accidentally. She said as she had come down the stairs that her mother Jennifer came to investigate the gunshots and during the confrontation, she had killed her mother with a knife. She said later in an interview that her mother had stabbed her in the leg and that the two of them had ended up getting into a struggle and that the next thing she knew, she had stabbed her mother over and over, that she had blacked out. And when she came to, she was in this kind of state of, I don't know how you describe it, kind of the state of somewhere between shock and what had she done. But at the same time, she said that her mother's negligence over the years is what had drove her to attack her. Now, while I do not vindicate or accept or think that it's right what Ashley did, she should not have murdered her family, I can't understand that her mother was negligent. There was a history of abuse. There is possibly a history of her mother allowing sexual assaults and molestation of her daughter to take place, and I can understand how she would feel trapped and lonely and she would feel like there was no other way out. But when she turned 18, I mean, she could have left the house. She could have found another way. She could have went to live with a family member. She could have reported her family. I mean, there's so many other ways that this story could have ended, but sadly it didn't. Anyway, back to the murder. She said after she had killed her mother that she had locked her younger siblings in a closet with a supply of food. One of the children had seen the Thomas's body and doubted that Ashley's denial that she had killed him. When first interviewed, Ashley claimed that it was not her but her mother who had killed him and she was attacked upon finding her mother standing on the tops of the corpse of her stepfather and killed her mother in self-defense. But her younger sibling's statement to police was what disputed the claim. She also had claimed that she had taken one of her father's guns to her room after the argument with the intention of killing herself, as I mentioned earlier. Police were called on the scene on March 8th by the oldest stepsister of Ashley, and they immediately suspected Ashley was responsible due to the fact that she had fled the scene. After police announced the details of the crime and the vehicle information, she and her boyfriend Ryan were captured in Boone County, Indiana. They were actually planning to head to Tennessee where he had family members. He was never considered a suspect in the case, but he was charged for parole violation. Ashley had fought extradition from Indiana to Wisconsin, but she was brought back to the state. I believe when the trial originally started, though, she was being charged as an adult with two counts of first-degree intentional homicide and false imprisonment. She later pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity and had later accepted a plea deal of second-degree murder. In March of 2016, she was sentenced to 23 years in prison along with 17 years of supervision in June. They were originally seeking a 40-year sentence, but her attorney had got it reduced down to that. 
In a recent interview, though, Ashley said, strangely enough, that being in prison, that she feels happy and she feels safe, that when she goes to sleep and wakes up there, that she has the peace of mind, that she's safe there. And I don't know if I believe it or if I don't, but it's kind of sad in a sense that being locked in a cage like that, that it makes her feel safe. She also had received her high school diploma while she was there. And in June of 2017, she had argued for a reduced sentence with the aid of her lawyer because they had said that she was incapable of making a rational choice due to living conditions. However, it was denied by the judge. I would like to touch, though, a bit more on Ashley's blog and the whole vamp chick thing. Some of you may or may not remember this site. I know it popped up in a few cases, and I will be talking about one of the cases eventually on this podcast. It was a site that was called Vampire Freaks. I was actually on that site for a period of time, I believe from about 2006, 2008, until it shut down in February of 2020. And there are tons of people on there that are into the scene and the emu thing and the gothic type of thing. And a lot of people try to say that because Ashley was into that kind of thing and was running a horror theme type of thing and talking about all this blood and torture and murder and her poems, which she had wrote, that she had been premeditating this for a long time. Now, I cannot speak for Ashley. I cannot speak for her because only she knows the true answer. But there are a lot of people that write those type of poems. There are a lot of people who write those type of songs. Anybody that's ever listened to Death Metal or Bullet From My Valentine or any of the type of scene bands knows that, you know. I believe there was also a song by a group called Him that was Join Me in Death. Rob Zombie's music also tends to deal with death and this and that. And you don't exactly read about them committing tortures and murders. I think that because the blog was there that they tried to argue that it showed that there was premeditation. And I mean, come on, you know, really, we're going to say that somebody premeditated a murder just because they wrote a couple poems that were considered unusual by the outside world. I mean, I was on those kind of sites. I went through that whole phase and I haven't exactly, you know, ended up on the news somewhere or on a true crime podcast. I'm actually running one now. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, the whole vamp chick aspect is what pulled me to this case because it was kind of wanting to talk about that and kind of touch on that. But I don't know exactly. I mean, I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on the case. Do you think that it was premeditated? Do you think that it was an accident? Do you think that it was years of neglect and abuse that drove her to do what she did? I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on the case. And I love interacting with you guys. So feel free to message me. You can follow Sickly Sweet Podcast on Instagram. I'm on there and I'm most active. I will occasionally post a selfie here and there because photography is a small passion of mine as well as writing and podcasting. So don't think that the feed is messed up. <laughs> you can find Sickly Sweet Podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play Podcasts, as well as Anchor, which is what you, I would assume, are listening to right now. You can also find it on Podbean. I'm on most of the podcasting platforms and... As I said, I'm mostly active on Instagram. 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that will eventually be linked on a page and eventually maybe even a website. But for right now, it's easier for me to manage one social platform. If you guys would like to talk about the case or just talk about Ashley or share your thoughts or ideals, please feel free to comment. And until next time, take care, y'all.